Welcome into the breeze with DP and Haas on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, welcome back into Ticket Weekends. This is The Breeze. I'm Harrison on the ones and twos. No DP in today, but we do got Haas on this Sunday, December 10th. Pretty nice weather still. Knocking on wood there. Uh, we know what January and February brings regardless, but we'll take the nice weather. Haas, how's it going on this Sunday? All right, say that one more time. Sorry. I think we had a microphone problem going on there. No worries. said, great. Happy Sunday. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Obviously, a lot of things over the weekend. We had the Heisman. Shout out to Jane Daniels. I thought it was the right choice there. Uh, maybe you can argue for Michael Penix Jr., but numbers-wise, I think if you give Jane Daniels a better LSU defense, uh, that only adds to his time of possession, and his numbers were close, if not better, in certain categories to Joe Burrow. It'd be hard not to give him that way. Shout out Nebraska Volleyball. Got another big win. Arkansas. He looks pretty impressive. I don't know if you watched that, Haas, but they had a 5-7 outside hitter on Arkansas. She could jump out the gym. Her vertical had to be 35 inches. It was insane because um, I was watching her, and she kept being up in the front. I was like, what's she doing up there? She, she doesn't belong, uh, but incredibly impressed by Arkansas. Good run, but Nebraska continues on. They'll be playing Pitt, and of course, Nebraska hoops. They got Michigan State tonight. Plenty of things going on. And of course, there's college football playoffs and the controversy that still gets talked about as Florida State's on the outside looking in. But eventful weekend nonetheless. Um, Haas, what do you want to dive into here first? It's interesting you said 35-inch vertical. I'm curious, what's the highest vertical for a female? And uh, if anyone's like, he's downplaying a female being able to have a 44-inch vertical physically, Men and women are different. I'm wearing a WNBA sweatshirt. It's coincidental. I'm a girl dad. And to me, a 35-inch vertical is very significant. So I don't know if you're exaggerating or not, but um, I just, wow, that's really cool. Where, where's Nebraska? Still undefeated in women's volleyball? Uh, well, they're not undefeated. They would take a loss in the regular season in Wisconsin, but they already had the Big Ten okay. one. Uh, but yeah, undefeated up until that point. Obviously, they haven't lost in the tournament. Yeah, but Wisconsin did catch one before the end of the regular season. In some Ouch. ways, that's almost Dang. better. Like, yeah, I, I'll oh, be yeah, honest. Yeah. Like if if I'm undefeated, like what do you think? Is that tougher to have hanging over your head, or would you rather just have get that loss out of the way and get back to winning? No, the adversity from losing definitely makes you hungrier. It, it also takes the pressure off, but it it refocuses you. It resets you. It could humble you. There's so many things that comes with losing once, and I'd much rather lose before the Super Bowl, before the championship. I'd rather lose in the regular season to be like, okay, maybe I should try a little bit harder in practice. Maybe I should train a little bit differently, eat a little different differently. Mm -hmm. Losing's good for you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm looking at this right now, trying to figure out the highest uh, jump. And this is for volleyball players. Um, and they say anywhere between like 35 is impressive for men. And then for girls, anything above 25 inches is impressive. Uh, trying to find the record right now. We do have, oh man, it's all, I'm going to have to do some quick, it's all in centimeters here. <laughs> so I have to work on my, work on my math skills. Uh, I'm not getting an it? absolute best here. We're looking what is it? at about 196 centimeters. Uh, 
127. Trying to find the best of the best, though. These are going back in time. I'm curious to find what the best. Uh, this is uh, 196. I don't. Uh, 300, right. 390 centimeters spike height, which is currently okay. This is for spike height, though. So we'll have to find this. That I want to. I want to. Yeah, I want to get some actual numbers on this. This feels like it's just kind of ballpark numbers. So maybe during the break, we'll try to figure out what the highest vertical was for a girl. Um, in particular, even better if we can find a volleyball stat. But those look like more of just a ballpark of some of the highs they've seen adding to it. But yeah, nonetheless, it's it's incredible. And I'm not kidding. She was 5'7", and she was getting plenty over the net. So I'd love to be curious. I bet you I can find her vertical on Arkansas's website or some of her stats because it is unbelievable um, how athletic she was. But you did mention the WNBA. I want to hear your thoughts on that because we talked about this um, actually on We Talk Facts with Eric Strickland and Cluster Johnson, and they were trying to figure out how do you get people invested into the WNBA? Because right now, the demographic, the more, more the most people that actually watch WNBA are actually guys. It's actually older guys, usually above their 40s. Like That's actually the biggest demographic for WNBA. How do you get that demographic to the girls? Because I feel like that's the group you're trying to target. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can double down uh, and try to get guys to watch You know, both NBA and WNBA. So who's the commissioner would be the first thing because if adam silver was in charge then something would happen with the wnba that would be exciting so adam silver changed the all-star game adam silver changed the in-season tournament which at first i was like what is this why are you doing something in december Mm -hmm. why are you doing something in late november and i'm not saying this because the lakers won i'm saying this because a week ago sacramento was playing golden state and the winner got to go on to the tournament if they won by a certain amount. Yep. So Golden State had to win by about 12 or 13 points to go on to the next round. And so Golden State was up six with a minute to go. And they come down the court and they jack up threes. You're up six with a minute to go. As a coach, you don't do that. You, you, you play the foul game, you stall, you do all these things. Well, Golden State ended up losing the game. <laughs> Yep, and the reason the reason why the game was different was because they had to win by twelve. So mm-hmm. technically, it didn't matter; they had to win, and 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 so now there's an L for the regular season, and so on and so forth. And it happened because the people in the tournament wanted to win the tournament, as long as they weren't the Wizards or the Pistons or or teams like that. They wanted to win the tournament. Mm-hmm. There was a different level of play, or the Bulls. The Bulls didn't want to win the tournament either. So <laughs> they don't want to win anything these days, but go ahead. <laughs> the teams that were playing were playing to the end and some of the players were offended by it. But what's going to happen if I'm a fan and you see your your better players playing in the game 38 minutes because there was $500,000 on the line. Your better players playing 42 minutes because there was $500,000 on the line. It changed the game. It changed the narrative. So creating this in-season tournament, creating this excitement, this buzz in December when basketball is boring. Mm -hmm. Basketball is usually fun after spring break. Basketball is usually fun in May, in June. The NBA is not fun until March Madness is over. And so for it to be fun in in December, that's really impressive. So if you could bring Adam Silver to the WNBA and create some ideas. I know Kobe Bryant, LeBron, a lot of the guys are, are trying to be involved with the WNBA. Yeah, Tatum, too, has been really big on it. Like you said, some of these, a lot of these NBA players are pushing it, trying to get people invested. And having Candace Parker be a part of the NBA mm-hmm. helps. 
So having her, she's the Anthony, uh, healthy Anthony Davis, skilled version player. <laughs> yeah. If you remember two years ago saying you were like Anthony Davis meant something, well, he got 41, 25, sold popcorn, did a bunch of stuff yesterday in a game that doesn't count. In a game that doesn't count. The one game that statistically didn't count was the yeah. championship game. The 83rd. If, <laughs> I will say this. Here's, here's the one caveat you should do to make the championship game matter. If you have a game that you didn't like your regular season stats, you can replace it with the championship game stats, whatever game you want. That's that's the free pass that you get. So if you're playing a card game and you here's a card that you draw, well, here's the championship game in-season tournament card that you drew. You can keep the stats from that game and erase it with the worst game that you had. Now, if you had a bad game or if you didn't play, fine, it doesn't count. But if you're Anthony Davis and you got teed up in the first quarter during one of the regular season games and your stats were two points, five, five rebounds, and three turnovers and you didn't play the rest of the game you, you can erase it and use this 41 25 and 5 that'd be That's pretty nice idea. i would say this uh real quick just to just because i'm i'm agree with you i thought this midseason tournament was going to be a disaster i was like there's no way you're going to get these elite players motivated to play uh in a tournament that lit- literally means nothing other than here's an extra paycheck uh but if as far as like like what is a guy like lebron really need to gun for he's got money on hand but i mean hey half a million dollars is a lot of money so maybe that's maybe i was downplaying the number too much and of course lebron he's gonna find his way to get his hands on that trophy to be the first person to get the hands on the trophy uh in another real quick i got a shout out donald helping us out here so we're talking about nebraska volleyball right or just volleyball in general trying to find the vertical so that arkansas player she was five seven not sure what his vertical was but it had to have been an insane number he found this on a vertical on male, female volleyball players on their verticals. Rita Crockett, 1983. She was 5'8", 38-inch standing vertical. She went from 24 inches to 38 in one year. What? <laughs> it's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, 5'7", like, there's some girls out there that could jump out of the gym. And what I was watching yesterday, I've got to find her numbers because I was like, oh, my God, the amount of power she was getting so that's a real quick side note shout out to donald for doing the research for me while i'm talking on air here uh but again yeah that's why you got to shout out those players because it's an incredible feat but back to the mid-season tournament i thought it'd be a disaster i couldn't imagine getting players hyped for it um i was wrong kevin durant after he gets beat by haas's lakers he talks about yeah i was completely against this idea i thought it'd be terrible essentially i'm paraphrasing here but he talked about how much intensity it added to the games and how he couldn't wait to watch the finals. He just got eliminated, but he was so eager to watch how it turned out. And obviously the Pacers makes a little more sense why they're into it, right? That's a younger team on average contract wise, half a million dollars to some of those guys is about half of what their actual end of the year contracts going to look like. So that 500 million to them, you could see it. They were on their feet throughout that entire tournament. Even when they got a hundred K for getting into the semifinals, those guys were losing their minds and then it gives you a chance to watch an Indiana Pacers team who, let's be honest, they're not going to be on national television a lot. That's a small market. Tyrese Halliburton, that team, that is a really fun team to watch. So it also gives a nice little spotlight to maybe some of the teams you're not paying attention to. Two Pacers who early on have been one of the more impressive, fun teams to watch with Tyrese Halliburton, who right now is averaging an insane double-double. It's about 27 points and about 12 assists per game. If you round it up, it's about 0.8 and 0.9. So about 28 
and 12 assist game night in, night out on a high fast paced offense where they're literally giving you the paint, taking away the three just because if they can get Miles Turner to challenge at the rim, it can turn into a quick transition bucket on the other side. They're all offense. They give up on defense simply to score faster on offense. It is such a fun team to watch right now. I'm really bummed. I was hoping they could take down the Lakers, but you know, you see what LeBron's like when he gets into playoffs and brackets. LeBron's going to give it his all. And Lakers are scaring me a little bit. Winning the midseason tournament, I do think it is a somewhat of a litmus test to see where the rest of the league's sitting at. Uh, and the Lakers, no surprise, find a way to get it done. But yeah, it'll be back. Rework the points, as you said. I think that's ugly to watch. I don't think anyone, you need to figure a way that you're not just trying to put it on another team at the end of a game just so you can get in on a point differential. But at the same time... No, that was cool. That's how the Suns got in. Yeah, I don't know if I like that. We're just trying to put up points. Because like you said, it turns into game situations that are unrealistic because the Warriors would have won that in any normal game. That's probably a Warriors win. I just like that it was different. The Suns put in work. I don't remember who it was, but they went and blew out a team. And... Mavericks. I think like, it was the Mavericks. I think they beat him by like something ridiculous. I think it might, it might have been like a 30, 40 point game. <laughs> yeah. And that was the only reason they had a plus one point differential for the longest time because of it. And it's like, oh, come on. Yes. <laughs> Couldn't you play any defense? A little silly uh, there. But it is, uh, it's interesting to watch, right? And I will say this. What do you think about that play-in team having some sort of guaranteed playoff spot? whether it's the A seed or like you're guaranteed if you lose every single game on the way out of this tournament after you've won, you still get a play-in spot no matter what in your whichever conference you came from. Is that a rule? No, but I think it should be. I think that'd be a fun wrinkle. It's like whoever wins this, guess what? They're in the playoffs no matter how bad they suck for the rest of the season. They definitely should do that. Right? 100%. Like that had a lot more skin to the I'd, game. 100%. Like, I think that's probably the best tweak. I'd say may, maybe even make it the eighth seed. So you still have to go in the play-ins, but you're locked no, in. No, you guarantee a 10. A 10? You guarantee the 10. Okay. Yeah. Just because I feel like I wonder how cool that'd be if the team that wins, it's probably not going to be a team that's staring down 10. But it could happen, and it could be a fun year, right? Uh, but other than that, I think that's probably the best midseason tournament expectations I could have had. It went way better than I thought. One complaint Fix the damn courts. Those things are such an eyesore to look at. Uh, oh, yeah, they hurt. They even hurt the, the Lakers was really ugly. The championship yeah. with the red and blue. Not, it yeah. reminded me of like Boise's football field, like that blue turf. It's just too much. Well, too much Vegas, on this. But yeah, yeah, no, it definitely hurt my head. I couldn't I couldn't understand who the players were on the Lakers yeah. with their jerseys. That was really hard. So not the last game, but the, the home game they had against the Suns. Mm-hmm. I just, it's like... Oh, that's Hachimura because the mask, I think, I can't read, it's 28. And I know every player on the Lakers well, so fine. Um, One thing that came to my mind when you said you get a guarantee to be in the playoffs, teams tank. They definitely tank. Mm -hmm. So Dallas tanked because they wanted to have their own draft pick last year. So they could have made the playoffs with Kyrie and Luka, and they made sure to rest them at the end of the year, despite being still in the playoff hunt, so that the Knicks couldn't get that top 10 protected pick. Yeah. So if the Mavericks last year were in this play-in tournament and they won the play-in tournament, but still had the record of a bottom team, 
That'd be nice. That's one way to to play hard. So the Pistons, for example, if they're not tanking, maybe they are actually tanking. What if the Pistons played all out and won this play-in tournament? We're five and seventy-seven, or whatever the record would be. <laughs> it might be. It's pretty rough right now. The Katie Cunningham experiment is. Uh, we'll see what happens. But go ahead. <laughs> but if if you're really just playing poorly, so you could tank and get a better pick. Well, now you're finding incentives not to tank. So that that to me in itself is awesome. Yeah, I'll tell you what. It definitely saved Mark Cuban from a lot of the heat he got last year for doing that little stunt where they just obviously say we're not shooting for the playoffs. Upset a lot of players out there when they're going to watch the game and Luka and Kyrie's not there starting on the court together or Luka plays for the five minutes and subbed out in the first or doesn't get into the game until the second quarter because uh, that was a uh, that was unfortunate for the Mavericks their fans, and also the league. It was a little uncomfortable for the league to kind of handle that situation um, because that was a little unique. A team that had a shot with elite players said, we'll, we'll pass. We'll, we'll, wait, we'll wait until next year. It put a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. So maybe if you did have that guaranteed playing spot, that's a way where down the stretch, if you don't think you have a good shot, but you're still locked in on that playing, that could work. I, I could sign up for that because the Mavericks... Um, I just remember last year, the amount of slack they got for pulling that stunt, the amount of press conferences where Mark Cuban um, was kind of getting grilled and had to answer about that decision-making behind it. And for the awkward situation with the coaches and the post-game pressers that basically just wanted to say, we're tanking, but you can't say we're tanking. They'd have to make up some weird excuse where, yeah, Luca's groin was a little tight in the first quarter um, and everyone's just calling BS on it, and rightfully so. It could save you from some of those awkward PR moments uh, that Mark Cuban was definitely having consistently at the end of the season. Well, another thing came to mind as a coach, you try to put incentives out there or goals out there to motivate your players. So let's say scoring the most or winning by X amount isn't the priority as a coach. It could mm-hmm. be who gets the most rebounds, who sets the most screens, who has the most deflections. And, and so you, you put those goals out on the board and, Whoever does it gets something or it just gets the praise. Well, if you're trying to get certain months more exciting, you now that you see that the money does the motivation that it did, yeah. you could say most wins in January, that team gets $2 million or $4 million or whatever. Whatever the goal is to incentivize teams in the boring months of their season, that's the way to do it, knowing that the money worked. We're cooking now, Haas. That's a great point. The money worked. You could you could really set that up a lot. Like, yeah, get those teams, especially like you're talking about early season when college football playoffs are going on, when the NFL is really picking up right now. Like you got Dallas Cowboys versus the Eagles. How many people are going to be watching NBA tonight and how many people are going to be watching NFL? It's pretty obvious there's going to be a disparity, uh, but this is a good way. And if you can get that money incentive in there, because it definitely worked. The intensity was up. Before we go to break costs, I got to ask you a important question. It's on the minds of a lot of the NBA fanatics, the ones who love the history of the NBA and care about all the elements. Who had the better flu game, Michael Jordan or AR-15? I don't even know what AR-15 did. Austin Reeves? Sick last night? Yeah. Was, I know who he is. <laughs> he was, was he sick last night? Supposedly sick, yeah. Oh, whatever. Stop it. <laughs> LeBron. Stop it. <laughs> LeBron, after the game, asked the, the media, he said, who had the better flu game, MJ oh, or stop AR? Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I figured you'd be all over that because I know you you love Austin Reeves. Uh, but yeah, I will tell you stop this. Stop it. <laughs> what do you think, Austin LeBron, Reeves? LeBron, stop it. What do you, hey, 
He's good at that. He stirs the media. Leave it to LeBron to ask the thought-provoking questions. Uh, but what do you think about Austin Reeves so far? Because he had a little bit of a sloppy start, but now it looks like he's picking it up again. Like, what's the, the one, ceiling on him? Ceiling? Yeah, can he be, like, the number two guy? Like, next to AD at times? Like, if AD's coming in weak, can he be that two next to LeBron in a playoff situation? The problem is he does so many little things right. So he's not flashy. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not going to go and cross people up and drop 60. Now, I will say this. When they played the Suns, they were up one. And LeBron passed them the ball. And LeBron expected the ball back to him. And there's 30 seconds left. And and Reeves just pulled a really long three yeah. and buried it. <laughs> and it was like, awesome. Oh. It was awesome. <laughs> if he missed that, he might have been traded. But... <laughs> With how in, into the game LeBron was. Because LeBron was touching the ball on every yep. play. So he's like, all right, let me give it to him. Let me take a second off. Let me figure out how I'm going to switch defenders so I can have Grayson Allen guarding me. And <laughs> Reeves just looks up and he's like, I have Grayson Allen guarding me and going towards LeBron. And over there is Durant, not even, not even that close to me. I'm just going to pull this. And then he's him. Drilled he's it. him. It was funny, so, too, because you, you talk about it, right? Like with LeBron James, he loves giving it to Reeves because Reeves always makes the right read. <laughs> like you said, like he's going to find a way to get it back to him. Reeves this time said, no, nah, I got it. I'll call game right here. Pull up three. Um, it was an awesome three and uh, definitely got the crowd fired up here. But we do got to go ahead and throw it to our first break here on The Breeze. I'm Harrison. And we got Haas streaming in. Host, as always, you guys can join in as well. Sardar Heyman text line 402-464-5685. Uh, we do have John in Cortland. He says, pay NBA players more to get them to play harder. How about <laughs> cut their damn pay when they don't? Interesting <laughs> technique right there. Could be fair, right? Those load management games might hurt a little more if they're not paying you for that. But uh, nonetheless, you guys can feel free to join the show. 402-464-5685. Maybe we'll talk some more NBA. Maybe we transition to wrestling, college football. Or you guys can always comment and we can go off that as well. But don't go anywhere. we got a couple more segments. We'll be right back. <laughs> 